Welcome to a brand new episode of Deep Thoughts with the Dixons. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Deep Thoughts with the Dixons. Um, this is our 54th episode, in case anybody was keeping track. 5-4. If you hadn't check out the year anniversary episode from two episodes ago, check that out. It was a pretty interesting one because we went back and talked about the history and connecting the dots backwards about how we arrived to where we are today. And how the podcast has turned into its own little beast somehow. And we it didn't is even, a beast we now. Didn't have, we didn't even have half the the brand concept of it that's come out now with by Dixon and everything. Like I didn't even, I never thought that I would have our own website and have things hosted on there. I, I just, I didn't see all that coming, you know? Yeah. We started with just two mics and a computer and we've grown to two mics and a computer. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> what, well, let's just put everybody up to speed a little bit. So it's Sunday. You guys will probably hear this on Tuesday. It's been super nice here in St. Louis. Yeah, beautiful week. I mean, I think we've officially hit summer weather. Yeah, every the last couple of days, every day has been exactly 75 degrees, sunny, not yeah. a cloud in the sky, very low humidity. It's been beautiful. Yeah. Been spending a lot more time outside, meditating outside in the morning. It's super getting nice. Getting outside, listening to some books outside and stuff. It's beautiful. Yeah. We haven't really done anything exciting or out of the ordinary, um, just kind of working, busting some fat chills. I think... Um, uh, we're both still remote. Brian's still remote. I'm always remote. So mm-hmm. um, I think that's going to be our reality for a very long time now. Yeah, for sure. Um, I did notice, though, this this past week and, and this weekend, we were out and about a little bit, driving around, running some errands, and we noticed that everything kind of seems back to normal. Yeah. Restaurants are open. People were out in full force, like wall to wall. The bars were packed. Nothing is out of the ordinary really anymore i would say yeah in terms of the environment things are starting to open back up but the there's a lot of obviously crazy stuff going on as well with all the protests and all that stuff going around the u.s yeah oh yeah i forgot about my thoughts on that i don't really know if i want to get into that today but uh all i'll say is this i'm confused myself so like i don't have i was telling brian this morning when i woke up actually and i was also texting with a friend of mine um, she said that Philadelphia was like went through a lot of like havoc last night as well with the protests. By no means do I condone um, what that cop did. What like there's just no like I could think of the strongest words right now, but I'm going to try to like keep my emotions out of it. But I will I will we will touch on this next week. I just I'm so confused because in my mind, there's so much more going on to this story that I've been like reading about and learning about that I don't know how to put it into words in a politically appropriate manner. Um, and I, and like someone could be like, well, what are you supposed to do? Like a couple of people kind of like contested me. I'm like, what would you do about this? Like, what's another way to fix this? And it's just like, I don't have an answer. Mm-hmm. So I kind of want to think about it and I want to see how things unfold and I want to research more. But if there's one word for it, like not the protest, I don't care about those. Um, this scenario with Floyd, I'm like, it's repulsive. Like I'm, I'm like disgusted by it. It's just mind-boggling that people actually could do something. Yeah. Like At that, first, know? it was like complete. Like my heart, like you know, like that pit in your stomach that you get. Like my heart dropped when I saw the video, and I, I was confused. I didn't see it on the news. I saw it on Instagram, and I ignored it, and I just went back and like started to do whatever I was doing. And then like a day later, Brian goes, "Did you see? You know, you like came to me, and I go, "Yeah, I already saw it," and I just like. It, it was like messing with my emotions so bad. 
But then like as the days went on, I started to uh, read about it and watch it. And then it was just anger and disgust. And There's a lot of anger in the world right now from it. I mean, there's people city to city that are protesting. They're destroying areas, right? They're like just, they're, the p- protests are not peaceful, that's for sure. Yeah, but are you, but, uh, who I'm not, cares? I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm saying like, it's obviously, like it's, it was a horrible thing. Like nobody agrees that that was the right thing for that to happen, right? But if you kind of think about it too, it's like, this continues to happen. It continues to happen. So like what other alternative are these people going to do to get people's attention, right? Like you've got to do something. I don't necessarily agree that you need to be going as crazy as some of the things that are happening, but at the same time, it's like something has to change. Yeah. I don't, I don't really, and I don't know, someone might feel differently, but I don't really care about the protesters and I don't care what they're doing and how they're going about it. I understand it's violence. I understand people are getting hurt. I got it, but I'm not swaying from the the issue at hand. And first of all, we should be allowed to protest. What is the difference between us and other countries that we look down upon if we're not allowed to protest? Mm -hmm. Um, The protests happened during the COVID-19 situation and people were getting arrested. The uh, protests are happening now and people are getting arrested. And that's part of our freedom of speech, which is continuously, it's it's been a pattern in the last five to six years and most importantly, the last two years that is being, um, is being taken away from us quietly and slowly, but surely um, in different ways. Another thing that's really interesting food for thought is just over the course of like right around the time this happened with Floyd, um, the CDC came out and said 50% of the time we test people, the results are inaccurate, right? And I think they were trying to paint the picture, trying to paint the narrative to say, we could have way more Corona cases than what exists. But how I interpreted that is you could also have way less, right? You could have 50% less. And it's the data already shows that this is not anything close to as severe as the repercussions that were taken from it. And then they even came out and said, oh, you know what? CDC came out and they were like, Corona is really not even that dangerous compared to what we thought. Like when you're looking at it compared to the flu, the seasonal flu and how many people that takes. Well, just in the last week, they also said. Hold on one sec. Before that happened, like this, the CDC comes out and says this, right? Then this stuff with Floyd happens and it diverts all the media attention from that to this stuff that's going on now and these protests that are continuing to evolve. Well, that's my point, that there's another story behind this and I don't know how to put that into words yet, clearly. And it's not just one issue. It's not just one thing. Like I know that the public and the majority of the public sees that somebody has been the victim of racism. I understand that. And that's the main thing that gets me angry and upset. But beyond this, there's worse there's there's not worse but there's more things happening that directly impact everybody and it's not based on racism and so that's where i get a little bit my thoughts get a little bit you know discombobulated a little bit in in that sense but also in the past week i don't know if it was the cdc or who they came out and said that the rates have been the lowest that they've ever been for the coronavirus but then you still have businesses that are not allowed to open you have um like makeup artists and that kind of businesses that are in some states that still aren't allowed to open. And so they're not making money. They're going on month three of no money. You have um, all these restrictions that are based on small businesses that really can't afford to implement these restrictions and safely open. So some of them have closed. Do you know how many Google, how many businesses have, have gone out of business just because of these two months of Corona? And I'm not talking small businesses. I'm talking big ones like PR One Imports. I think Best Buy almost was in that list. There's several big names in that, in that list. And I'm not choosing capitalism over people's health, 
But I don't even think that this was that big of a deal to begin with, with how Corona has been blown out of proportion to control everybody. Was I still one of the people who followed the guidelines to stay home and to kind of just not go onto the mat? Of course I did, because I didn't know what it was yet. And I hadn't learned about too much of it yet. But when you see countries like India with billions and billions of people, neighboring China, which is where it happened and had the worst outbreak of all, and India barely has anybody infected to that level, the ratio between how many people are in India and how they live versus how many coronavirus cases they have is very minuscule. And my mom obviously consistently watches that news. She watches the news in the UK and she watches the American news. So when she tells me all this information, it's just like everything was blown 10 times out of proportion here. And people just went into like fear mode. I mean, they were making fun of Americans in India for racing to the stores in March to wipe out the toilet paper off the shelves. They're like, are you like serious? Like kidding me? And it just goes to show you the general mentality here. And it's kind of embarrassing and disgusting in some ways. We shouldn't be, there's nothing to be proud of with that, you know? And People then, are and very then, easily manipulated. Yeah. And, and what's even more disgusting to me is that in, amongst all the crap that's been going on for the last two months that every single human being has experienced in some way, you have this guy in a uniform who decides to be more of a dick and be worse to people and put his knee on someone and, and kill him. Like, don't you have any kind of like couth inside of you? When, when I saw that video, I just thought like, what more does this country need to see? Like, what more needs to go wrong? You know, like what more needs to happen for people to like wake up and realize that there's like real evil out there and they're in power and they're in control in our in our country. These are the people you vote for. These are the people that you elect for. You vote for your commissioner, you vote for your DA, you vote for all these people. They're the ones who make, they're the ones who are there hiring these people. Like your police department, your sheriff's department. Like, I'm sure there's a lot of business people who donate money to these people. Like, do you know what you're doing? Mm-hmm. Um, it just, it, it's very upsetting. Think to about me. that the next time you write a tax check. <laughs> or the next time, what did, where do you get this? Or the next time you want to build a deck and you have to ask the city for approval to build a deck on your own fucking home. Yeah. <laughs> like that, this is, it just like gets me so riled up. But, um, and then it's like sad because I'll talk to some people and they just think the tax system is so great. You know, America is so great. And I'm like, if you can't look at yourself in the mirror and see what's wrong, we're never going to fix anything in this country. There's like these diehard people out there who don't know how to step aside and be a little bit of a, have objectivity and say, no, we, we messed up as a country in this, in this arena of life. We really royally messed up. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a, that's a big percentage of our, it's 11, 11. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a big percentage of our population that just is like Budweiser, beer, pickup truck. And I don't give a fuck about anything else. It's like, no, you, you have to give a fuck about something and you have to change it. But whatever, I'm, I'm off my rant now. I'm sure I offended some people while I said that, but hey, then I'm not doing my job. <laughs> um, so today's episode is on, it's actually something that Brian's friend asked about. And it's been in my messages over the last year or two. And, and it's come up in conversation for me too. Like, what is this? And like, what do you guys mean when you say this? So I'm going to, we're going to try to clarify it. Um, and don't forget guys, we don't, I don't know at all by any means. And half the time when I'm speaking, I'm teaching myself too. And I learn even more because then Brian chimes in and, you know, he says things that even I didn't know before, you know, and so we keep learning from each other. But we always talk about like vibration, right? We always say like, you know, got to keep your vibe high, be positive, keep your energy clean, eat, eat a clean diet to keep your energy clean. Everything's electric in your body. I'm sure you heard Brian say that. 
um, eat things that are closer to the sun because your energy stays up. All these things that we say about vibration and energy are not like weird, mystical, like magical voodoo type things. That's not what we we mean by that at all. Energy and vibration, I'm going to try to explain in very simple terms first, in like layman's terms. I'm sure almost everybody has experienced this before. You go into a house or you go, you meet a new friend for the first time or you meet a potential boyfriend, like you go on a date, a blind date. You immediately have some sort of vibe, right? Some sort of energy. You feel it. You you have a connection or you don't have a connection or you got a creepy feeling from somebody. Now, I'm not talking about the energy that you have a pre like a pre-notion of someone before going into their home or like you know that this is a haunted house so now you're going in there. Now I'm talking about like something that you just with a clear conscious and a clear objectivity like walked into a situation and you like picked up on something, good or bad. That's energy. You picked up on something because one, you were objective to it in the moment and two, so you were receiving clearly and two, that person or that thing was emitting some sort of energy based on where they were vibrationally, their frequency. And so everything in this universe vibes at some sort of electrical energy. Um, that's just science. There's like, um, in, in music and sound, it's called Hertz, HZ. And those sounds um, emanate different levels of energy and frequency, which then can move water, heal your body. You know, your bass bumps and your car starts going boom, boom. But like that's all energy and vibration. You have food. The cleaner your food, the more fresh and organic and pro- fresh produce you have. Let's talk about this for a second. Vibes so, at a different level. So exactly. So like this will be something I think easy for people to understand. From a food perspective, things that you consume, vibe, the energy within that food vibrates at different frequencies, right? And if you're eating something, and I've mentioned this a lot in the past, we talk about this in our lifestyle course that we release next week. We're going to talk about that later. Um, food that is closest to sunlight like raw fruits and vegetables withhold the most electrical energy from the sun because they're in their purest, most raw form and they're not processed. That food vibrates with extremely high energy that then your body absorbs when you eat it that keeps you in a higher vibrational state, right? The more processed food becomes, the more inauthentic it becomes, the more removed from source, the more removed from sunlight energy it becomes, the less vibrational frequency that food's going to hold. So it's going to not allow your body to vibrate at such a high level. And what I mean by that is like you're going to feel really, really good if you eat a lot of fresh fruits and vegetables. And you're probably not going to feel nearly as good if everything you're eating is processed stuff that you find in the middle of the grocery store aisles, the chips, the you know, all that type of stuff, the processed food, right? You know what that is. And if you try to focus on that higher vibrational stuff, I mean, everybody that's done it has, will know that like your body feels better. You're, you're mentally more clear. You have more energy. Your gut digests better. Your body operates with more efficiency. And so that's just an example from a food perspective of how consuming things that carry a higher vibrational state because they're closer to source affect your body to keep you in a higher vibrational state but keep going i just wanted to go off on a tangent there i I wasn't paying attention but did you talk about meat like if you were okay so to his point the opposite spectrum is that if you're killing an animal if you guys watch what the health and um forks over knives what is the other one Um, there's a bunch there's a bunch of them they show you the process of how they kill a cow or chickens or whatever 
when those animals and not to be grotesque or I'm not trying to sway anybody from their dietary things. I'm just explaining the energy portion of this. When they're chasing that animal around or when they're trying to hit that animal to death, which is what they do, that animal is a living conscious thing in this universe and everything is affecting something else. And like I grew up this way, so I was taught these things as a kid and I have a better understanding. But I also understand that anybody else listening to this might think that it sounds a little bit out there and crazy, but no, it's been proven on a scientific level. Not just now, but thousands and thousands of years ago it has. Just for some reason, for mass capitalism and, and you know corporate gain, we're not taught these things. These things are hidden from us, especially here. And when you're, they're trying to hit that, kill that animal, that animal is sad. It's scared. It's angry. It's upset. It's like it's fear. Just think of, think of it as a human. If you were trying to like go after a human and kill it to eat it, like they pick up on shit just like we do. Like think about your dog for a second. Like these animals have emotions and it's happening at such a large mass scale because there's, it's a multi-billion dollar industry. So think about how many animals are killed every day in these companies and corporations to feed you guys. Okay. And when that happens, that energy is not just out into the air or into the universe or affecting the person who's probably killing the animals and the companies and the employees and everyone packaging the meat and doing all this. Don't you think that that fear and that energy and that negativity is also stuck in the meat itself that you are now consuming? Yeah, so this is a very, this is a metaphysical aspect of what we're discussing here. But that fear and, and anger and whatever else, sadness, is in, sadness that's inside Pain. of this event that occurs creates like, for lack of a better term, it creates like this bubble around this thing and right, this bubble right and this bubble could be now I, i'm on the opposite side of the spectrum this bubble is negative and and bad we just earlier spoke about vegetables and fruits and grains and things that are grown with sunlight and water and naturally and holistically from mother nature mm-hmm. um, that creates a bubble as well but that's a positive one right and that's electrical and that's charging and that's why people if you look this up how many vegans get diseases or issues or cancers or like really intense serious health issues it's very rare and it's very minimal and it's usually because there's some sort of deficiency in their diet Mm -hmm. um but then you have other people who are ingesting meat all the time and they do i'm aware that there are people especially in like the italian culture because I, i studied the italian culture a lot for a long time that I know people who eat meat all the time and drink wine all the time and live to be like 100 and were healthy and fine and smoke cigars all the time. You're right. That's possible too. But you have to look at it by two ways. There's always differentiating factors. One, Italy has a very different culture than we do. Italy doesn't eat Big Macs or jumbo-sized or like a steak that's like, you know, the size of your freaking body, okay? Their portions are smaller. They have a more of a balanced diet where they have spinach and they have tomatoes and they have onions and they have basil and they have rosemary and spices and herbs. America, America does not is not big on that kind of stuff. Our common meals and diets are not infused with ancient herbs and spices on the daily. No, it usually comes from a box somewhere, okay? That box doesn't have shit in it. So you have to understand that when they are doing that, they're starting to balance things out in their diet, in their food, in their energy. And also mindset and your attitude plays a big point. Life is not that stressful 
there. I think life is a little bit more stressful here when people are eating from a box, going through the fast food lane here. No one even sits and has a normal meal these days. It's not common in America to sit down and have a legit meal. So there's a bunch of different factors. So if anyone's like thinking, well, I know people who did X, Y, Z, of course, but you got to look at their life. And something that we talked about before in terms of like this fear as an example, this metaphysical energy that exists within this thing now after the slaughter occurs for an animal, yeah. right? You were, that, that's then being packaged, processed, packaged, delivered, and consumed by somebody else, right? They're eating that. So, you know, you may, listening to this, you may think this is way out there, but I truly believe this is true because I've experienced it firsthand, is that when you're consuming that, you're literally consuming that past energy of the occurrence. You're, you're consuming the fear. You're consuming yes, the anger in there. because it's harnessed in there. It's harnessed within the thing. And like I noticed this firsthand in myself when I quit eating meat, probably going on over three years ago now, something like that. Yeah. And I... Uh, it'll be three years. Dude, it'll be three years it'll be three in years June. Next, uh, yeah, this month actually. So... I've been off it for three years and I remember it didn't take very long after I quit and after I changed my lifestyle and how I was eating to recognize that I was calmer and less on edge. And then I started researching this stuff like, why was that? And I got into this whole, these whole theories around the metaphysical energy that surrounds what you eat. And I learned so much about it that I understood, wow, that makes a lot of sense. Like you're almost, there's things that can make you anxious or that put you on edge by how you eat and you can feel it afterwards. And these animals that were getting slaughtered, held this energy within them. And then I was eating and consuming that energy. So it was meshing with my energy and creating outcomes that I didn't even know were happening because of that. But I do know when I let, let that stuff go, it completely changed how I felt for the better. And I felt much more positive and calm and conscious um, throughout the day. So that's just another example of how this, this energy and vibration can affect you literally from something that happened in the past that you're then consuming and, and meshing with your own body and biology. And if you want to learn more about how things can hold this and harness this energy, check out the fourth state of water. So this was just learned about a couple of years back, but for, you know, for, for up until now, our knowledge is that water had three states. It had solid, which was ice, it had gas, and it had liquid, right? Well, scientists discovered a fourth state of water where you could basically take water, put it on a table, and draw a little design with it and let it sit there for a couple minutes and then wash the design of the water away so it's just a wet surface and then shock it with these electrodes and the water had, uh, maintains a muscle memory from the existing energy that then goes back and creates the design that you just made. So if you have never seen that before, check out the fourth state of water. That's a really good visual interpretation of some of the stuff that we're talking about. Two points to what you just said. Um, it's been scientifically proven that people who ingest more meat in their diet um, and more processed foods and sugars, processed sugars, um, are the ones who deal with anxiety and depression mm -hmm. more. Yeah. Um, that's like a fact at this point, a scientific fact. And the second point I wanted to make is, if you guys remember a couple of weeks ago, I did a we did a podcast on epigenetics. It's the same thing that... Epigenetics is about when humans go through a traumatic experience as kids or an emotional turmoil, life, childhood, whatever it is. When we go through issues or we go through something really bad in our lives that triggers stress, that stuff gets stored in our bodies and then can erupt at any point as pain, disease, chronic pain, inflammation, um, diabetes, all kinds of sorts of things start to manifest 
because of that trauma and that stress because our physical bodies hold on to that negative energy. So if it's strong enough, it affects humans too. Um, And so that's what epigenetics is about is if you reprogram your mind, become calm and meditate and relax and give yourself six to 12 months, you can reverse diseases just by thoughts and meditation. What do thoughts and meditations do? What's the point of that? They raise your vibration. They create basically a quantum energy field. So it changes the vibration that you are vibrating on because it takes you from that negative space that you may be unconsciously holding on to without even knowing. Um, We all know that, especially in our 30s. We all think about the real fucked up shit that we've been through or the things that we took so hard to, to our hearts that we had to learn to release them eventually. And, you know, we have these epiphanies or these conversations with friends and families or something happens to us in our 30s that makes us realize, wow, I've been holding on to this since I was like 15. You know, that all stores within you because our, our bodies can take that and it's like the memory of the universe and the energy and it starts to vibrate at a certain level, give it enough time and it manifests as something, you know, as an ailment in your body or an issue. Same thing with animals. So you now you're eating that body, right, of that animal. So... That's at the food level of vibration. This vibration carries true for everything in the universe that we can see and that we cannot see. And a great quote for that is what Nikola Tesla said. He said, if you wish to understand the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. Like he knew this way back then, right? Yeah. And it takes, I'll be honest with you, it took me a very, like I'm just learning to understand truly how to use this because I've been reading about vibration energy since 2011 or 12. And so what, over 10 years, almost 10 years is, is, is taking me to like understand. It's one of those things that you have to read, 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 listen, 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 learn and learn about from all different types of teachers and authors out there until you fully grasp it and understand it enough that you can go out and try to use it in your life. Um, but an example of energy is like we've, we talked about food. We talked about the human body. Um, we talked about water having vibration energy, sound and music has energy. Kanye, here's a music sound. Kanye West, um, a couple uh, examples with this. Kanye West, I'm sure most of you know, went from like rapper, clubs, girls, types of rap songs and like loud, like poof, poof, poof type music to, um, I wouldn't call it church music, but it's, it's like different. It has softer instruments in it. It has lighting It has smoother lighting in it, like where he does it every Sunday, his church stuff. And if you actually Google his interview and listen to why he's doing that, back when he was claimed, quote unquote, crazy, he was actually suffering from like bipolar disorder or something. And he started to figure out how he could heal himself without pills and stop being sent to these like crazy, um, the hospital, wherever he was being sent to all the time. And so crazy hospitals. No, no. So he listens he, he starts to learn, and I forget the guy's name. He's a he's an older musician, like years ago. I don't think this guy's alive anymore, but he explains how sound literally can affect a human body and mind so much that it can heal it, hurt it, or keep it like dead, like neutral, and meaning your energy. And so he explained how sound healing and sound vibrations can actually alter the human mind and so he went really down into like a rabbit hole Kanye West did into learning about this and learned how music can literally uh, depending on the sound and the frequency and the instruments being used can literally heal heal somebody's mind from disease or like an ailment it can get rid of pain chronic pain in a a person's body 
and it can reverse depression. And, and just on that spectrum, on the opposite spectrum of how we hear it on the radio most of the time and through what we listen to, there's other types of instruments that can have the negative impact, right? Like you can have Correct. the very deep bass tones and the 808 drums that you hear in like house music or R&B and hip hop. And that actually activates like sexual energy in the body and other types of emotions that are not vibrating at a super high frequency all the time. Um, anger, fear, anxiety, but then you can also do like what Nina's talking about. You can change the tone and hurts and it can actually elevate things within the body. Yeah. Well, to your, to your point, to clarify, it's to instigate that like sexual energy in somebody through music is not necessarily the negative part. That's not a negative aspect. The problem is that when it does initiate the sexual feelings in someone like, and you know, they lay the lyrics over it. That's like, right. Yeah, and it's the, like, I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go past that. So like, then they lay the words over those, um, R&B songs and um, like uh, rap songs, the lyrics, now you're going to learn another step is words, right? Lyrics are words. Words to carry a vibration. Mm -hmm. So now if you have music that elicits a sexual response in the human body, now you put the words over it about cheating and, you know, screwing 10 girls in a row or like, you know, having two guys who are your baby daddies or gold diggers and all this stuff. Those words now take that energy and make it negative. Okay. It, it lays another level of programming on top of Correct. it. Correct. Because those words carry energy, whether we like it. Every song elicits some sort of emotion out of us. So I'll be the first one to say I'm like big into rap music, but I never knew until recently the effect the music can have on your nervous system and your brain. So I've been not listening too much to rap. But like I'll do it when I'm working so that I could stay motivated. Rap motivates me for some reason. But it... it, it it's not the healthiest type of music to listen to because it changes your energy in your body. And then so Kanye learns all about this, to go back to my point. And he starts to veer away from club music and rap music and starts to go towards calmer music. And his whole point of using calmer music is to elicit higher vibrations of love, of calmness that make you feel at peace and serenity. Like when he put Kenny G on that one song, I forget the name of that song, um, with the saxophone, it's like I listen. Kenny G could play a mean. Sax. I listen to that song. What is the name of that song? Um, I forget, but it was on his latest album, and it's Kenny G on it. Um, and he starts to play the saxophone in the middle of the song, and I don't know what it does to me, but it makes me feel so happy and just calm. Like I'm relaxed and relieved just by listening to that song. The name of the song is called "Use This Gospel." If you want a really good example of what we're talking about. Go listen to the song Use This Gospel by Kanye yeah. West and Kenny G and how he mixes in the saxophone Ugh. and it like you can feel it when yeah. it comes in. Like it's in the it middle almost of the gives song. you the goosebumps yeah. because it like gives this really amazing, uplifting, positive feeling. It's yeah. a great first hand example that you could go experience yourself. And then you can also YouTube videos because there's a there's a performance that's um Kanye records all of his performances on Sundays and you could see the lighting that he uses in his in his uh performances light, yeah, for light yeah for light therapy why because light also carries energy why do you think that we need to do 20 minutes of sunlight every single day in order to kill infections and bacteria in our body and get vitamin d the light coming from the sun carries energy why do you think all these sunscreen products are coming out now saying you need to wear sunscreen even when the sun is not out and if you're in an office environment or you're sitting at home with your family because the light coming from your light bulbs and your light fixtures is harmful to the surface of your skin, that's energy. So me talking on this podcast is, is energy. I'm either making someone feel really anxious right now because they don't vibe with my tone of voice 
or someone's listening to me and being very inquisitive or motivated. It it's not just that I can give something out and everybody's going to receive it the same way. Energy is received in all different ways depending on where the receiver is vibing at an energetic level. I have so another, that's the tricky part. Yeah, I have another interesting example, and this is from a movie that you can go check out called What the Bleep Do We Know? I believe is the name of it. Oh, a documentary that, yeah. uh, back from like, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. But in this movie, they actually, there's the scientist and they take water and they put it inside of these little Petri dishes. And then over the Petri dishes, they write words on each individual one. So on one of the Petri dishes, they wrote like hate. Another one, they wrote anger. Another one, they wrote love. Another one, they wrote peace. And they do it for a series of these Petri dishes and put different levels of emotion, emotional states on these Petri dishes that have these little samples of water inside. Well, then they freeze these Petri dishes and look at them under a microscope and the Petri dishes that have the words like hate and anger and judgment on them create very unattractive snowflake, like looking like very, you know, decrepit, not very well put together snowflakes when they're froze. And the ones that said like love, peace, happiness, joy, those ones have beautiful looking intricate designs on the snowflakes after they're froze. So that's like another example of how like the energy just from the words and the emotional state that's carried within them can actually translate into the environment into what is inside the petri dish which if you take that concept and extrapolate it very similar to what we said about when we were talking about animals and, and meat very similar to what nina just mentioned with kanye about taking positive tones positive lighting and pushing that into an environment to create an energetic field and then his that words aligns with that yeah and then the words that he puts over it are not about sex drugs and alcohol okay they're about forgiveness they're about taking the high road. They're about feeling happiness and love for everybody. So then he creates it. Why do you think that he did this for almost a year or two with people just ridiculing him and not supporting him? Only his family was supporting him and some close friends. Then you saw like, um, what's his name? Russell Simmons coming out and supporting him. Then you saw like, um, what's his name? Jason Derulo. Come, like all these other artists started to come out and actually support him because apparently once you go and experience one of his Sunday services, you literally leave there feeling like love and just happiness. And if you think about our lives on a very simple scale without going too much into energy and science, because I know sometimes that gets very, I, I know for some people, because it's happened to me, it becomes very um, overwhelming because you don't understand it. So you think that you're missing out on something, but here's a simple way to understand it. When you look at a puppy and you think that puppy's so cute and you want one so bad and like you get it and the love you feel with that dog, you know, like that's an example. Like all we are all always searching for is happiness. And happiness in an elevated state is just love. When you feel complete love and adoration for your life, for your spouse, for your family, despite what they're saying and doing to you, despite what you're going through, when you consistently vibe in a happy, loving place, you are vibing at one of the highest frequencies and vibrations that a human can tap into. And we, are, we live in a society, in a world where our lifestyles to sustain them, to have a house, to have a car, to have electricity, to have food, to have furniture, to send your kids to school, to pay your bills, to have health insurance, we are distracted 24-7 to be able to sustain this, this life from trying to just maintain a higher vibration. That's why we're stuck in a lower vibration because we're 
We're triggered by our families. We're triggered by money problems. We're triggered by our boss. We're triggered by being stressed from overworking. We're triggered by the traffic we have to deal with when going to work. We're triggered by the timelines that we put on ourselves. Like, oh my gosh, I'm 30. I don't have enough money to have kids. Because when it's going to happen, how it's going to happen. All these things keep us in a low vibration. And it's because we, you know, we live in a society of people and I understand that. But is there a way out of it? Yeah. Absolutely. Does it take time? And a lot of work on your part and a lot of isolation from your friends and family to do it and big, big life decisions that you have to make and change for yourself, 100%. Like it, do, it doesn't, it comes at a cost. But the point I'm trying to make is vibration is literally everywhere. Try a sound bowl healing class someday. If you guys are interested, um, I don't know what's going on with COVID and sound bowl healing places, but you could probably give someone money and have them come to your house. But they'll bring like four to six or eight large bowls and they will tell you to lay down and just relax and let go and they'll play these bowls for you and you will literally feel like you have a new body yeah it's it's remarkable and it's just like feel it like it's like it almost feels like it's like vibrating your dna but it's like a clean vibration (laughs) yeah it's not the vibration of the bass bumping in your car okay it's it's a vibrator that just goes like right through like your body and wherever you have pain it'll go away within seconds and so Everything is energy. And now knowing that, you have to understand that from the moment, actually, even when you're sleeping, but I'm not going to get that far. From the moment you wake up, you start to emit energy the minute your thoughts start to go and your Mm -hmm. thoughts connect to your belief. Well, your beliefs are there subconsciously. Your thoughts come from those beliefs. Then they become words. Then it becomes your attitude. Then it becomes your action. Let's talk about what you just said for a second regarding thoughts and beliefs. I think it can translate into exactly what is happening right now in the world. So... Your thoughts that you think create a vibration, okay? And that vibration impacts how you feel, just like you said. Can I, like, can I interrupt for a second? Let's go back to the root beliefs. We were all raised to have certain beliefs, okay? Over the years, I'm talking to people who are in their 30s or 20s. Over the years, we have had, you have certain beliefs and I have certain beliefs, right? Sure. Yours were shaped by your environment. Mine were shaped by my environment. What is your environment? Your friends, your family, your socioeconomic thing, your, your uh, status in society, were you poor family, rich family? The labels that you put on yourself for what you are. The, yeah, I'm an are, athlete. Yeah, I'm a are this, you an athlete? I'm a musician. Are, yeah, are you a doctor? You're a lawyer. Um, what kind of car you drive? Like, you have these beliefs. You have a belief about your political system. You have a belief about food, money, cars, relationships, all these things. We, most of us, don't question our beliefs. Okay, that's where the work comes in. And I don't want to go too far into this either, but that's where the deep programming has to happen, right? Because we're programmed with these beliefs and sometimes these beliefs do not serve us anymore when we're adults, okay? Like I cannot think anymore at 30, which is which was a huge shift for me and I've talked about it a thousand times where I was struggling for so long because I was so afraid to leave my identity as a lawyer because I was raised to think like, if you're not a lawyer and you're not a doctor, then you're useless. You will never amount to anything in society. That's simply not true, okay? And I have found much more happiness and much more success on this other path that I'm on. And so sometimes even tell Brian, I I keep my license active every year and I take the classes and courses and I pay the fees so I'm still licensed. And I was like, why should I even have it anymore? Like I should learn to completely let it go. I haven't done that yet, but I don't practice. And these are all beliefs that shape us. If you are prone to gaining weight easily, 
and you have been chubby as a kid, you're probably going to grow up to think you get fat easily. So you work yourself out to death. That's a that's an incorrect belief you have about yourself now based on the past again. So we have these beliefs. Now you can take it from here. Beliefs create sure. So beliefs thoughts. create thoughts and thoughts. Well, no, thoughts create, well, there's beliefs and there's beliefs that can come intertwine with your thoughts. And then the thoughts create a vibrational energetic frequency that and then exists your in your body. Mm-hmm. So, and then you have words that and you then layer actions. on top of that yeah. and then actions. Like you'll act but out of, bef- you'll act out of fear. Like if I think that I will gain weight if I don't run, then I will, that's a thought. I have a belief of that. I have a thought to go run six miles. I'm going to say that. I'm going to go run six miles forever. And then I'm like vibrating an energy of, I'm going to get fat. I'm going to get fat. I have to do this. I have to do this. Not that I'm healthy. I'm fine. I'm active. I'm good. I'm eating healthy. I'm going to be great. Instead, it's turning negative. And then that's how you lead to injury or eating disorders. But go ahead. So how I want to translate this into what's happening right now to give people a real world example is when you start thinking negatively about yourself, either directly or indirectly, because your subconscious is doing this, that will directly impact your body. So let's see this as an example. Right now, the coronavirus stuff blew up all around the world. So what is it that you hear 24 hours a day? Coronavirus is this, the cases are rising, it's, it's lowering your immune system, this and that, like all the repercussions of it. When you begin to repetitively hear this over and over and over again, it creates what is, what's known as the currency of control, which is fear, right? And fear within you then allows your subconscious to start to manipulate how your body reacts, okay? Can I and just that- say one thing right here? This is why, no, I don't, I don't mean to interrupt. This is why though we say we don't watch the news. This is why we say that we don't hang around people who are like obsessed with the news and continuously harp on the negative stuff because the news is always negative. Sure. So that's why people like I'm not affected by the coronavirus and I wasn't right. We, we were kind of like away from it the whole, the whole time. And the fear doesn't kick in because that repetitiveness, we shut it down. Right. Sure. So that goes for anything in life. When you have a negative parent, a negative sibling or a negative coworker, or a boss or a toxic work environment, it's up to you to go shut that shit down. And step away from it, quit your job, walk away from that human being, cut your relationship off with your parents or whatever you have to do in order to get away from that because or else it's going to become your belief and then that'll shape your reality. Sure. So, you know, as this continues to be beat over the head of people while it's constantly in the news on TV and through the Internet and everything you're seeing people begin, their subconscious begins to pick up on it, right? Repetition creates a new subconscious state. And so whether you realize it directly, indirectly, your subconscious programming is beginning to mold this new thing like, oh my God, this virus is out there. It's spreading around the world. They're shutting things down. I hope I don't catch it, right? Like you're creating a fear-based, lower energetic state within your body. What that does, it lowers your immune system. It creates a uh, a variety of potential health issues when you're constantly in this low emotional state. So you have a higher likelihood of getting sick, right? You have a higher likelihood of something happening to you because it physically lowers your immune system, right? And there, as this continues to happen over and over again, now for months and months, they keep saying the cases go up and up. Well, they really aren't, right? But they're showing you that they are. It's creating a constant state of fear to help further this agenda that's being carried out right now, okay? And the data, if you really, if you objectively and reasonably look at the data for the coronavirus situation, it is entirely less significant than the seasonal flu that occurs in terms of infections in people that have actually passed away. And 
but the media is making you think something completely different. And as long as you're kept in a vibrational state of fear and worry and anxiety, your immune state drops. You could think you start getting sick. Um, you're, you're, you're easily controlled. You're easily manipulated. And that's the issue with it all, right? Like that's an example of a real world thing that's happening right now that if if the powers that be can keep people in a lower energetic state, it's easier for them to be controlled. So another example to what you just said, for the last 60, 80 years, we've been told that we need an X amount of protein in our diet. And if you don't get it, then all of this other shit happens. What has this led to? Mass overconsumption of protein. What is what is the what do the health organizations and all these nutritionists say today? You don't need that much protein. Your body secretes it all through your Liver, bowel movements yeah. and going to the bathroom. Kidneys, it all, it doesn't even take all that protein. So when you're pumping protein shakes or you're pumping protein in every diet or you're saying, well, why don't you get for a protein? You're a vegan. But, but here's what happens. You begin to take protein. Your mind's telling you, oh, I'm getting the supplement that I need to build my muscles. It's creating the mind-body connection and your muscles begin to grow, Correct. right? Like there's a, there's a percentage of protein that the human body needs, but in terms of what we're marketed to from supplement right. companies and from the FDA, it's nowhere near what you And you don't need animal is. protein to do it either. Because then you see vegans who believe, I don't need that. I can still be jacked and huge. There's vegans that are even bigger than people who eat animal protein. Like there's people who are bigger than that. Well, let's think about what are the strong, some of the strongest creatures in the world that... They're plant-based that eaters. Plant-based. Yeah. Gorillas, you know, things like that. So to your point, you're right. Like beliefs and thoughts are what create your reality and create this energy field. And that could be positive or negative. That could be love or fear. And so the majority of society is running on fear. Fear of getting Corona, fear of the, now it's, now it's a whole new fear of, um, the recession. Fear of the recession, fear of, uh, let's just, let's walk back and see like all the fear-based things that have happened over the last 10 or 15 years. There's more than you can even count, right? Like the Y2K bug, remember that? The (laughs) Y2K bug, since 9-11 happened, now it's fear of we're going to be invaded by terrorists at all times. That is literally all that ran on the news for years. And then after, when when 9-11 happened, I was only in eighth grade, okay? That happened. And then literally months later, it was like racism against anybody who's brown. Like, I, yeah. I remember that myself. Yeah, you walking. encountered it yourself. Yeah, like... You're not even from the Middle East. No, and it's just like anyone who's brown, you, they just, that's what they thought. And so you go on and, and just, just look, just question your youth and the things that you saw that had happened. Every single thing came with fear. Yeah. When and how and at what point in your life did you see something that was positive and put good emotions in you and taught you good beliefs and thoughts and just pay attention to politicians that people vote for where they get up into power what do they say if we don't change we're never gonna make it like they yeah. their their entire campaigns are built on the belief of something better because something is so bad right now yeah and what does that mean it means that they're creating in a sense a false sense of fear because they're like if we don't change it, you know, our country's going to go through the shitter, right? Like we have to change to get it. And then they sell you this, they sell you this belief mm-hmm. that never ends up happening, mm-hmm. but they walk away and they get what they want. Yeah. Um, and so like there, there's th- this continuous repetitive frequency of fear is what's been used forever to manipulate the masses. Like if you, you have to take an objective step back and look at what's happening around the world to see that there is a much larger agenda for what's occurring and fear is this currency of control to manipulate people, to get people to acquiesce very easily into what's happening. And when, if, the, if, if you, you weren't put in fear with the coronavirus, people would not go out and buy shit. 
That means the economy would shut down. Do you know how much money companies made because of that? Do you know which companies made money because of that and which ones went out of business? There's an ulterior motive behind all of this. And it's because these people that are in power or these um, societies of people that are in power understand this energy vibration frequency stuff. It can be used for good and it can be used for control and fear and it can be used for bad, right? Yeah. And so... You know, there are people that exist within the world that completely understand exactly what we've talked about this entire episode, but they are so greedy and power hungry and they just feed off this control mechanism that they know if they can put people in this state to box them in, to not even, to not understand, be so afraid to not understand that the top of the pyramid is a very few amount of people that they can control all these people. They keep you in that state because that's what they want because they get wealthier, more powerful, more control, but if you can figure out how to master this same concept for love, for abundance, for peace, for prosperity, you can be a person that completely deletes the lower energetic states from your life altogether and you will live an amazing life because of it. Good job. So that's vibrations and that's an energy and that's what frequency is. But now the problem is we are not taught to go inward and, and question our energy, right? We're not taught that, hey, when you throw a tantrum or you're so heartbroken over your boyfriend who dumped you when you were 16 years old, like parents don't take the time to sit there with their children and explain to them that, hey, the more you sulk and the more negative you're going to be about this and the more you're going to let this, this breakup get to you, the more you're going to attract broken people from here on out. If you can just look at this as a blessing in disguise and say, okay, it's not meant to be and go back out there with your happy, confident, sexy self and, you know, go back to school and just figure it out and stop crying in your room all the time, you're going to attract the right person for yourself at the right time. I use a very simple example there, but um, we're not taught these things, right? Or like, hey, when you don't get into the college that you want to, it is not the end of the world. Instead, most parents are disappointed in their kid if they don't get into the most best college or, or get into a college, did right? You, did you get into the most best with that English? I got into, oh, well, <laughs> I, I did get into a good college. But anyways, so that's what I'm trying to say. Like, they don't teach you like, hey, like, it's okay. These these events in life don't control you. You can control it from here on out. Um, and that's why, you know, we all grow up to just react to life and think that things are happening to us when in reality, the truth is shit does happen. However, you can from that point fix it or attract something better that's the whole point um and why would you want to even learn about vibration energy and frequency and do all this work because you want to change your life because it literally is your life yeah it's, it's everybody's life and it exists it affects within your... us and beyond us and the collective consciousness like that is what our whole reality yeah. consists of it's, it's going to determine how much money you're going to make in life it's going to determine if you're going to be healthy forever it's going to determine what kind of spouse you're going to attract for yourself what kind of true love are you attracting a soulmate or a twin flame are you attracting someone who's going to teach you lessons or are you going to settle for somebody who's just never going to be on your level or help you level up like it's going to affect everything in your life so does that mean it's too late absolutely not but does it mean you have to have a pair of balls to go after it now yeah because i think that when you start to change your vibration and work on it you're going to want to quit your job or you might get fired or you might want to break up with your significant other because they're not for you anymore a lot of changes happen that can be kind of scary and here's after going through these firsthand both nina and myself this is why it's important because when you begin to change your own vibration and how your energy emits, you may 
have a, some crazy life circumstances that happen that you would never expect that could become very uncomfortable in the moment. But those are happening because you have raised your vibration. And in the, in the, the frequency at which you were surrounded by before in your past environment or past situation is now shedding. It's falling away from you because that no longer serves you those same lessons, that same repetition. That doesn't serve you anymore because you become a better person. You've changed, you've created a lifestyle habit now that have raised your energetic frequency. And so when that happens, you may break up with somebody. You may get a, a different job. You may have somebody from your past come back into your life that was maybe operating at a higher frequency then, but you weren't, so you shut out of their life. Like There could be very interesting things that happen, but they're happening for a great reason because you're enhancing yourself, which means you're enhancing your reality, which means you're enhancing the outcomes that are going to happen towards what you desire. Yeah. Let's go on to how, for people who want to, like how can you go about changing or raising your vibration um i think that there there are several different things that you can do but i'll start with some tools these are tools that you can use consistently and you have to remember that this takes six months to a year i would say like three months six months a year is what i would say because it's like a lifestyle you're making this a habit now at this point so you can vibe at this level all the time but I think the first thing is you're trying to do things to keep your attitude and your mood in check. You're doing things to create new beliefs that actually help you be better in life and do better and not operate from a fear place. So if you are somebody who's been working at a job or working for your, um, you know, working in a company where you're not really getting any more or getting more compensation or like becoming a partner or becoming a you know, part owner or whatever, like we all humans want progress. So you might feel resentful and stagnant many of the times, but you still have to do what you have to do to provide and to have money coming in every single day. You might at some point realize, why am I so scared to move? Why am I so scared to leave this this job? Become complacent. You know, what am I so afraid of? Am I afraid my family's going to get pissed? Am I afraid that I'm not going to find another opportunity? Like, what's keeping me here? Am I just going to be here forever, you know, at this point in life and just wait for something to change? So... You start to take actions, but there are things that can help you become fearless and do these things. And that's, I would say, meditation is the number one thing. Um, Learning to have a regular meditation practice that helps you be relaxed and see the positives and see opportunities and recognize that the doors were always there to be opened. You were just afraid of them. You know, all of a sudden, moving across the country and leaving that cushiony job is not scary anymore because... You're not fearful of it anymore. You know, and I think meditation helps with that. Meditation takes away fear. It kind of gives you um, this calm confidence in, in a lot of ways. Uh, meditation is one, I would say, doing things that help you feel good, like massages, relaxing, sound bowl healing, acupuncture, making all these things a regular part of your routine that keep you in a calm, happy state. Well, something you just said is important. So, massages um you know some people do it through yoga some people do it through mobility stuff human beings carry emotions in their body right so like when we're upset or depressed our head slouches down our shoulders slouch over we get a hunch in our jaw our jaw comes down like we we it doesn't come down it gets tight yeah like we feel the anxiety you feel the depression you feel it within your body but if you push your chest out you straighten your shoulders back you, you you know upgrade your posture you look up 
it changes how you feel. You feel more confident because we hold emotions in our body. So if you can do things on a regular basis in terms of yoga or just stretching and mobility to better align yourself or get a massage every now and then, like these are things that will help you work past energies that maybe not be vibrating where you want them out of your body so that you can continue to maintain this. Why do you think it feels good? Like it's, it's so simple. Like one thing I said is love. It's emotions leaving your body. Like love, happiness feels good. Why, why are we so afraid to feel those feelings and being triggered by everything else that makes us feel bad? The second thing I'll point out here is physically, if it makes you feel good and relaxed, that's the path that you should be taking. If your job stresses you out, that's not your path. If your spouse pisses you off, that's not your path. Like, you have to understand that we are here to feel good. And I understand, and this is where I think, I think if parents are listening to this podcast, they're going to not agree with me. But this is where I differ largely now. We are not meant to have to feel pain and sadness or struggle or stress. That's not what we're here for. We are here to feel good. If those things are happening in our life, which they do happen, you they happen so that you can learn how to go back and say, what am I what am I forcing myself to do that's causing this friction? What am I afraid of doing or a step taking a step or speaking up on that's causing this friction? If I'm unhappy with my boyfriend, what is it within me that's causing this? Why am I so unhappy with him? Am I insecure? Am I jealous? Am I inferior? Am I afraid he's going to leave me? Am I jealous of other women? Am I scared of all these things because my past relationship sucked? Like you have to go in and question my career. I'm stagnant, but I'm making, I'm here. I don't feel happy, but I'm making a ton of money and I keep getting things. Okay. What is it within you that's 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 discorded maybe it's not the same career that's giving you happiness that gave you happiness 10 years ago we evolve evolve we change and something you just said is really important too i want to point out is i think this is one of the number one reasons i see when i work with people and see this in people around them having a lack of progress is because they create an internal energetic environment that bases what's going to happen on the future on what has already happened in the past. Like you just noted, yeah. maybe I was in a relationship and they cheated on me or they, you know, I had... Like she's unhappy today she, with a new guy. Exactly. Because she's so jealous and... And, and so now you create this environment that you think that's right. what's going to happen. And so guess what? It does. It does. Because you literally create yeah. that outcome and bring it into your life. Yeah. But if you for a second say, you know what? It's not going to happen again. I'm going to have a wonderful relationship. I'm going to find somebody I love. I'm going to find somebody I'm compatible with. Or that, and you, and you start meditating on that. That's what's going to happen. Or in that new relationship, she sees it for what it is and isn't so afraid of that happiness, that comfort, that dotingness this new guy is giving her. She's not sitting there questioning it and self-sabotaging it. You know, like, again, you're meant to feel good and happy. You're meant to be loved. You're meant to love. Like, these things are meant. And money. I've always been very intrigued, even growing up, with financial success. Um, I've always had a taste for finer things. As I've gotten older, I don't put much importance on them. But growing up, we went through a stage of when we were young kids and my parents were just growing everything and building from the ground up. And it actually took my dad to lose his job in his like, I mean, he was pretty, he was doing well in his 30s, but he was always an entrepreneur and had a job, right? So... We were always at a good spot. However, he lost a job, lost out on a deal that would make him an entrepreneur instead of an employee, and it caused him to reroute his entire focus. And 
I vaguely remember those parts of our lives enough that I remember um, the second apartment we had to buy. Well, we had a home and then we had to buy an apartment to get closer to this business that he had bought to do. And we made drives every weekend with my mom to him, like a lot of things. Or I wanted Nike sneakers and we couldn't afford them because we put all our money into this business, you know, and just going to a private school for both of us every single year was just enough money, you know, like they never tried. They, they gave us all they could. But I was always intrigued by what it differentiates people who have it all versus the ones who are like median and the ones that don't have money. And so my it's it's all about I'm at a point where now I, I see it. It's like it's thoughts and it's beliefs. They also say you when you come from a rich family or a well off family, you're most likely to also be well off. And it's because you grew up seeing abundance. And that's not like an inheritance statement. It's no, like, no, 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 no. It's like you grew up with people that had a mindset in a certain way. So right. be, being surrounded by that environment, it morphed your mindset. Right. right, because they saw abundance. Your parents had abundance. You, now, there's two types because I saw both sides of my, like I saw both stages of my family. I still remember as a kid, my parents never let us feel that. Best schools, Maybe not the best clothes and best shoes, but we had cars. We had a home over our head. We could still go on vacations. Um, I remember my mom was counting money to get me my braces. Like that was all still there and the healthiest food that money could buy. We never, my, they never chinced on money and health. So in my mind, my mom was still saying, no, we got to like spend on this and this. Like it was abundance mindset, even though, even though the abundance I couldn't get the Nike. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't get the Nike sneakers yet. But you know, over time, the abundance was created through that mindset. Right. And so then when everything was OK and life was great and everything was thriving and flourishing, I was old enough. I was in high school, eighth grade high school. And then through all through college and to now where my parents consistently still have that abundant mindset and like growing more and doing more. And so I'm still influenced by their, their, um, the way that they carry themselves and the way that they carry life and the way that they still call me and teach me about a deal that they just made or about a purchase they just made, um, in real estate that it still is programmed in me where I just see opportunity, abundance, opportunity, abundance. And I see it as an ever flowing forever game. I don't see it as an end goal. When will I get there? How will it happen? I'm taught that this is, it'll always go up and down, but it'll always be there at all times. And if you're born into an environment where you don't have people that are thinking in an abundance mindset, maybe you're you're born into a very negative environment, right? There's an interesting interview I saw of Jay-Z one time because that's where he was born into a very, like his, his mother was very positive, but like his environment where he was surrounded by and the people he, that he was surrounded by yeah. were very negative, right? Like um, born in the Marcy Projects in New York City and um, very, very poor growing up, didn't have positive influences. And he's like, he, in his interview, I saw him one time because obviously he's one of the most successful entertainers in the world now. He goes, if you're born broke, it's not your fault. No. He goes, but if you get older and you die broke, that is your fault because you have the ability regardless what environment you, and he, he didn't mean just broke like financially. He mean broke like emotionally, financially, um, you know, any type of like, you know, spiritually, all that type of stuff. And what he was saying is like, anybody has the ability to change their mindset regardless of the environment that they're in to create an outcome they desire. But the first and only person they have to convince is themselves. Yeah. It's, it's your it's your beliefs. If you're going to let your beliefs be shaped by... I also... To to make it clear, I saw a post not too long ago that said, if you have negative beliefs or self-limiting beliefs because of your childhood, 
and what your parents taught you or what your what your um, upbringing taught you, the society, that's that's not your fault. But now as an adult, when you're aware that you can have a better world and you can change your beliefs and thoughts about something than what you were taught when you were a kid and you don't do anything about it, that is your fault. Mm -hmm. And so, and I think that's the hardest job for anybody trying to raise their vibration is trying to go in and change their beliefs about something. Oh, yeah, it's very because our beliefs are, are attached to fear, mostly. You don't believe in yourself enough. You believe in what someone else told you way more. It's like the doctor theory. When... A doctor tells you you're sick and you're like, oh my God, like what's happening? And then like you start to manifest even more diseases and more issues in your body. And then, you know, all of a sudden you go to a different doctor, get a second opinion. And he says, nothing's wrong with you. You're fine. You're dancing on a friggin' bar stool the next day. And I'll give you a real world example about this. And I'm not even embarrassed. Me. A couple weeks ago, I told you guys that I hurt my back working out or running or whatever. For the longest time, I was going to a chiropractor. Uh, I get a full spine MRI done several weeks ago. And the radiologist and my doctor said that I had three, four, five spinal, five small disc herniations. I obviously I freaked out and I'm like, what? You know, like from running, like, are you kidding? And they go, this is the reason this is affecting your nerves and blah, blah, blah. And I asked my doctor again and I'm like, well, what do I do? And she's like, you should go to this neurosurgeon. I looked up the neurosurgeon in St. Louis. He had the worst reviews. I looked on several different sites, spent hours and hours researching, and he's like the only main guy around here too that was open and accepting patients. And I'm thinking to myself, hell to the no, I'm not doing this. There's no way that I'm going to a guy like this. And so I call my parents, and my parents obviously freaked out too, and they're like, my parents know a ton of doctors back home. And so they're like family friends. Well, one of them happens to be a neurosurgeon that that I've known as a kid. And we give him my MRI and let him read it. And then he also can send it to somebody else, both of whom said, there's nothing wrong with your spine. Yeah, this is literally like the most traditional wear and tear from somebody of your age. And it's not even an issue. Whatsoever. No, he goes, they're not even herniations. He goes, and you don't have five of them. And he's like, and nothing's touching your nerves. And this dude has gotten gold medals on the East Coast for his practice. So he's like a big deal. Long story short, it was about a month time frame between I got when I got hurt got the MRI and actually went to the doctor back home. So in that month month time I'm going to the chiropractor, I'm trying to sleep on the floor. You, I'm experiencing a belief system yeah, that you're I'm experiencing hurt. back pain in the morning, you know, like I'm yeah. not picking up Onyx and Noir. Like my life was changed for almost 60 days until he reads it and I'm like, "You're sure?" And he's like, "Yeah." And then he he goes, "I also got a second, you know, got got it shown again." And he's like, "You're fine. This isn't the issue." He's like, "I'm telling you, it's something else." And I'm just like, "Oh, I kid you guys not, like I'm back sleeping on my bed and I'm fine. I've had no back pain. I have no neck pain. I have no issues, like nothing. And so, and I even took it to a chiropractor who's like, you don't need surgery for disc herniations. Like this is stupid, you know? And immediately I'm like back to normal. So that's how beliefs, I'm trying to show you an example. I believe the doctor more, the one who took, who read the MRI or the doctor who said I need to go to a neurosurgeon and freaked out and tried to go the chiropractic way and was sleeping on the floor and doing all these things and experiencing pain randomly all of a sudden in my neck when I had no neck pain before. But when they showed me and told me that I had a, a th- two neck herniations, I was all of a sudden feeling weird in my neck. And I was starting to like fix my posture every five minutes for like 60 days. And I, it's, it's embarrassing to admit, but I'm trying to explain that clearly my belief 
in my own body versus what somebody told me. It was like creating physical symptoms. Yeah, I was putting more weight on that doctor because it's a doctor and not on myself and just trusting my own body, Mm -hmm. you know? And then somewhere in there, because our minds are the most complex things, the human brain is like one of the most complex things in the universe, aside from the universe itself, that my brain is sending single signals to my neck now and saying, oh yeah, it hurts, it hurts. It didn't freaking hurt. Nothing was hurting except for my lower back. Mm-hmm. And now it turns out it wasn't my lower back, it was a nerve. Mm-hmm. Like that's the kind of shit that we have to be able to check ourselves on. Um, I learned a big lesson <laughs> this spring for sure. But we have these sort of self-limiting beliefs that lower our vibration about a lot of things in life and you gotta it's up to you to go do that work and figure it out so we said meditation is one way to raise your vibration visualizations are one way like daydreaming with feelings about what you want and daydreaming as if it's already happened and then affirmations positive affirmations can help reprogram your subconscious mind which help shape your beliefs for more positive which help then make your thoughts and actions more aligned with what you want in life i remember i'll give you another example of a firsthand thing that happened to me i legitimately whenever i wanted nina to be in my life and she was not in st louis she wasn't even living where i lived at the time and we weren't even talking to each other at that point like we i think we had maybe reconnected but we weren't even like we weren't talking on a daily basis at all and so I used to actually like understanding how this frequency and, and vibration theory works. I used to legitimately meditate about her being in my life like it had already happened. I would talk sometimes in my car, like acting like she was in my passenger seat. Were you doing this even while seeing other girls? Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I'm not afraid to say that. Um, the, I was like dating people, but I knew I wasn't going to be with any of them, right? Like I was yeah. testing it out, like testing the waters, but my heart was telling me that I wanted to be with Nina and I knew that and I always did. And so I was just being patient until the quantum energy field that I was creating through my thoughts, through my actions, through like joking around and remembering me, Nina and me talking when we dated seven, eight years before, like today and talking to her in my car. Some people were probably driving down the tree like, who's this crazy person? He's talking to himself. Yeah. No, I understood how you can create an outcome you desire through manifesting the elevated emotions in situations that occur to get there. Yeah. And so by doing that, I'm creating this energy field that I begin to emit into the quantum space that allows that the universe to basically rearrange things in probably a lot of different people's lives for that outcome to happen. And then sure enough, not very long after I started doing it, it was a matter of probably what, one to two months of me focusing I don't on know that when you started. intently, doors starting opening left and right that allowed us to get back in contact. We started talking to each other. And then within a couple months after that, I continued to do it because I wanted her here with me, not just having a relationship yeah. with somebody long distance. A couple months after that, doors opened where we decided that Nina was going to come to St. Louis and she was here. Yeah. So like this stuff works. I've done it repetitively in my personal life. But I've done it repetitively to catapult my career. Like it it works flawlessly if you figure out how to do it right. I think there's there's one important aspect of that to, to, to share with people though is that when – when I did ask you, I told you to go date other people. And that was like a stream of like May, June, July, like August, three, September, three months, like four months. October. No, it was like six months, mm-hmm. six or seven months that I didn't want to talk to him at all. And while he's doing this, I don't think you were doing that at that point in the summertime. I think you were much into your life and dating around. But when he did start doing that, it was then you decided, hey, I'm going to go. I'm going to New York to see my brother. I can ask Nina to meet me there and we can meet up for dinner. Right. So he took an action. 
based on that. Then he invited himself again, took action. And I don't think you were seeing anybody at this point either. You took action, which did not see anybody else, even though we were nothing at this point. And which is clearing space right there. And clearing that's space. Clearing past right. energy. Space. He doesn't know what's going to happen now. And he's sing- and he doesn't like to be single. So he's single now. And just randomly going to see his brother. Maybe Nina's going to meet me or not meet me. Nina decides to meet him. Okay. And he's just, he's, he's pushing the envelope that he, even though he's visualizing it and talking to me in the car, he's also trying to put the first foot forward. So yeah, the universe. You have to take action. You have to take the first to, step. Exactly. And you have to recognize like when doors open, you can't just be like, oh, that's interesting and not do anything about it. Right. You have to walk through the door when it opens. And so then he invites himself over that same trip to New York. He invites himself over to my family's house for a week for Thanksgiving. And so it's like the action, right? Consistent action. Then like the night before Thanksgiving, he's like, I want to make this work. Like, let's figure out how we're going to do this. I'll move here. You move there, whatever we have to do. Action. And then it was two, three months of just, oh my God, FaceTimes. And he has a full-time job and I have a full-time job and I'm getting scared to make the jump and I'm getting scared to lose my, like to quit my job. And he's trying to apply. And there's like a lot of, there was 110% unknowns in our life in that moment. And all it was is Nina and Brian have to figure out how to mesh their life together. But it was his action and my action now that kind of pushed things along where he's single, I'm single. We're not trying to lie to each other. You know, we're not trying to keep a side piece or anything like that. That would have that probably would have energetically messed everything up. It doesn't align that way. And so it aligns, whereas it was strong enough for me or for us where my fear didn't matter anymore. And even though I was scared, even when I made the 14 hour drive here with all my shit, I was freaking out inside. The action, taking that action was the first step, right? I didn't know we were going to get engaged six to eight months later. I had no idea. I just thought we were going to give our relationship a chance and I didn't even know how it was going to turn out. So you have to understand that when you are visualizing things and you are doing things and doors open, it could be scary, but you cannot be afraid to take that first step. Like if you hate your job and you're looking at other jobs or you have some money, runway money to stay home for six months to a year while you look for something, don't be afraid to take that step. Because sometimes you have to clear past energy to create the space for new. And sometimes the universe is showing you that you can be okay and you're, I'm going to teach you how to get over this fear. I'm still not going to open the door. I'm going to teach you how to get over this fear. And that's just that's just how it works. Um, let's talk about how people would know that they are raising their vibrations, that it's happening for them. Well, one of the ways I think you know is because you start attracting outcomes that are more favorable that you feel more in line with they feel like more in line with your soul and you can feel it when it this takes months yeah this takes time to, yeah. to occur but you'll start to tr- like people that don't serve you will start shedding from your life and people that do will start coming into your life opportunities will start to change that are more aligned with you so let's talk first i would say you're um i think the first thing is you you start to change your lifestyle a little bit. Like you'll quietly start meditating every day. You'll start to change your diet. You'll start to change your workout routine. You'll start to make personal changes in your life. And then you're going to start to share that with family and friends and they might be resistful. So then you start to, months later, your relationships start to change. Some people fade out of your life. Some people you don't want to talk to anymore. Maybe you realize that your spouse is not on your level or your boyfriend and girlfriend. Your relationships start to go in and out of your life like randomly and a lot of the times it's friends. Um, 
family just eventually learns to love you again, I think. Um, another, well, I, think it, I think it depends on your particular environment, yeah. your experience with friends. Yeah. Other people's, it could be, you know, maybe they have a very negative parent that's constantly lagging True. on them. And oh, it can, yeah, that, yeah. It, it's, it's literally whatever your particular situation environment is that's not serving you, regardless how it's connected to you, it will shed itself. Yeah. And, you're, and it will change for the better. I think one of the first signs of you raising your vibration is some you go through bouts of like extreme bliss and happiness and like I've got this and I feel great to like a nervous, anxious, anxiety ridden feeling. Um, that was my experience. Sometimes you'll watch the news or see what's going on in the world and it'll just give you anxiety for some reason, you know, mm-hmm. or you're even going to think about raising your vibration and all the things that you've been doing. And even that gets you nervous and anxious because you don't really know if you're doing it right. And it's just so much work physically mentally and emotionally it's just like exhausting like you'll also start to recognize like things that you consume that change your vibration right like i feel better feel, when i eat this I and i feel like shit when i, I eat this I, uh, you know now i'm much more conscious like and you'll as you start to elevate what you consume from an eating and drinking perspective you'll start to be more conscious about other things like do i really want to have that beer with dinner yeah because it really i can tell it alters my conscience. Yeah. i can tell right you start to feel very interesting things and you start to make decisions and life choices based on what keeps you feeling great yeah. all the time it's funny though like it's, it's different for everybody i know very spiritual people who still drink and are fine but for me i have to say that i think a lot of things play in perspective i'm sure somebody listening could probably um maybe feels the same way so i'll share it but me as a kid, I didn't really grow up in a household where partying and drinking was the norm. Uh, my parents lead a very healthy lifestyle. And so um, it wasn't the norm that I would see. Like even if my parents had elaborate parties and stuff, it was they weren't they weren't getting hammered, you know, like that wasn't them. And so that was the first thing I, I grew up around that kind of environment. But then when I went to high school and college and I started drinking, I just I always got sick. Like I was way more sicker than everybody else. And I don't mean a hangover. I mean like sinus infections five days later, um, ringing in my ear or like some sort of like got stomach ulcers. Like I just always felt sick when I would drink in high school and college. Then I went to, I, I quit for a while and then I went to law school. And although I kind of kept up, I was a vegetarian back then. Again, I would have like allergy pills and sinus infections all the time and I just couldn't, I just wasn't normal is what I'm, is I'm trying to explain. Now looking back on my life, I feel as though my soul and like my body was always telling me this isn't for you. Like it's not for you. It's not for you. Like stop, stop. Eventually I'm at a point where I don't, I can go out and not have a drink. I can hang out with my friends just fine and not care. Um, I'm not embarrassed by it. I'm don't care about it. I don't even think about it anymore. Um, but whenever I do do have a do choose to have a drink, like on a holiday or something, I am hundred percent paying for it the week after or like a couple days later. Like my body reacts in a very weird way. But ever since I moved to St. Louis, I started to notice that whenever I drank, and I was also on a very high spiritual path, like eating, going vegan, and all this stuff. I would like feel anxiety for no reason. And I didn't grow up with anxiety at all. And it was just like random came out of left field where like, so couple- it's like now you're consuming something that changes your vibration. Yeah. And so like now I'm feeling like what? And it started 2016 and 17 is when I noticed it that day after drinking, I would feel as though like the world was caving in on me or that I was alone or like, I, I don't know. I was just scared and nervous for whatever reason the next day. And I would just try to sleep it off, basically, like everybody does. Um, 
but that would linger on for three to five days straight. And this consistently happened for years for me until finally now I'm at a point where I realize like obviously alcohol like makes me depressed, you know, like it does not have good effects on my mind. But I think the reason is because when I'm in my waking normal self, Onyx, what are you doing? When I'm in my normal waking self life, I'm happy, I'm lighthearted, I'm motivated, I'm I'm just operating from a higher vibration and frequency. Like I'm not affected by this world, but when I put something in my body that kind of doesn't align with me or hurts me physically or gives me allergic reaction or something, it like pulls me down. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel weird. And I know a lot of people who feel anxiety after drinking and feel odd. I'm very jittery, I'm very snappy, and I'm just plain down unhappy with with my life. And I feel gross. And the worst is if I got drunk and blacked out, the next day I feel this like, did I text somebody? Did I say something? Did I fight with someone? Did I spill the beans on something that I wasn't supposed to talk about? Like what happened? Like that anxiety just like kills me the next day. And so... Luckily that hasn't happened in a very long time. Yeah, now I'm just like, well, I think the last time I had a drink was the first week of March with your family. We all went out, um, which actually was a fun night. Mm. But um, it's been like two months now that I haven't had even a sip of alcohol but that's normal for me. I go months and then I go back. And so I think you're going to notice most of you will have a change, a change relationship with alcohol. Mm-hmm. Most of you will have a change in your diet. Um, a lot of you will probably find yourselves questioning your um, intimate relationships as well. You will. And I think you'll also question your life, your, your purpose, your purpose, yeah. for what you're doing. I, I that, That's been a big thing for me that like, as I've grown and done different things you begin to ask some of the deeper questions as to like am i spending my time every day on something my head is telling me to do or something my heart is telling me to do and you when you know you know you know the difference because one innately aligns with like what you could feel is like your sole purpose while you're here it's that thing that you're passionate about that you would do regardless if you got paid for it or not and if you can figure out what that is and direct your energy there eventually the universe will open an outcome where you can get paid so you can sustain and support yourself towards that thing that you you know innately feel that you need to do yeah something else you might feel is you're going to become very hypersensitive to gossip oh my god i cannot because gossip is a lower energy frequency yeah gossip about other people in your life whether it's friends or family or even your neighbor you're gonna just be gross you're gonna like want to distance yourself from people who gossip and it doesn't matter who they are and how you're related to them um another thing you might notice is a lot of hypersensitivity to like uh, the news the media um and fear control yeah you're, you're just gonna be like yeah that's not for me i'm not scared like i don't i don't even pay attention to that um you're also going to be super sensitive to other people's energy energy and emotions like if you see someone who's sad or you see someone who's angry you're going to feel it stronger but then you should have the power within you at this point to choose whether you vibrate on that level or not do you give into it or not but you'll definitely be more empathetic um and then eventually after years of doing this you become very non-judgmental of things where someone could be gossiping and you're not bothered by it you know you could be watching the news. Maybe you're at your parents' house and they have the news on. It doesn't bother you anymore. Um, but in the beginning, I think we become very sensitive to those things. Um, outsiders will probably know you're going through something because you're going to make drastic choices and decisions in your life. There's going to be big change. You'll move. You'll quit your job. You'll, I don't know, 
go after your long lost love. Like you'll, you'll just make bigger changes in your life. Mm -hmm. Um, and even though other people don't understand it, you'll be upset and you'll be sad maybe, but you're going to keep going Mm -hmm. regardless. Absolutely. What are the signs of being on a wrong vibrational? Well, I think you keep learning the same lessons. The same lessons over and over again that aren't good lessons. Attracting right? the same type of person in your life. I would say that, yeah, that's how you can, a great way to tell if you are operating at a lower frequency is you're attracting the same type of person that doesn't serve you best. You're attracting the same type of outcomes in your work that don't serve you, that tend to trigger your ego-based emotions, fear, resentment, jealousy, judgment, anxiety, like, you know, there's a ton of different ones. Um, you are having the same, you know, basically it breaks down to what are the personal and professional outcomes that keep occurring that are trying to teach you something. And until you overcome them and say, oh, I've learned that lesson, I'm going to change my vibrational state and I'm going to move to the next level of this game of life that we're in, um, it'll keep happening. So if you notice you're constantly being hit with repetitive situations that like you feel are like, gosh, why does this keep happening to me? And you don't like it. That's how you can tell you're operating at a lower vibrational level and you need to upgrade and enhance yourself to overcome those things. So that's definitely a way to figure it out. You just have to be able to pull yourself out. Even if you are in a negative place, whether it's physically with your body or emotionally or mentally, you have to be able to step back objectively and pull yourself out of it. Mm -hmm. And that's when you just like, you think more positive thoughts regardless of how you're feeling. If you're anxious and depressed and you just keep meditating or doing things that keep you high, like go get a massage, such as such as usually for me, I have to shut myself out from people like I isolate myself and then I regroup a little bit mm-hmm. and then I feel better again. Um, it is different for everybody like me. I can't be around loud, gossipy, partying, large groups of people for more than like an hour. And I choose that like once every five months, yeah. <laughs> once every six months, you'll see me. But I, that's just what I have to do to keep myself going. I can get pulled and drained very easily to this day. Mm-hmm. But um that's why I choose to and we are I am actively working towards appreciating my life just the way it is but visualizing and meditating and affirming the life that I do want where I want to live who I want as my neighbor who I want around I want to be around my family and those are things that bring me peace they're the things that bring me calmness they bring me comfort and although I'm not there yet I have to choose to feel those things now and that's what I'm working on. And I didn't actually even know this was going to be such a good segue to the announcement that we have for today. But thank you to my buddy that asked us to do this episode. Because if you would like to learn the steps that we've made in our lives to help us operate at this higher energetic level at all times, we have made some very important lifestyle changes right over a long period of time as we've learned this that have really impacted us to help us vibrate higher. And we have put all of this information together in a lifestyle course that we are going to be releasing on Tuesday, the exact same day that this drops. So if you go to buydixonlifestylecourse.com, you can see the course that we had that we're going to be releasing. It comes with a video course. It comes with a lifestyle guide that has built-in tutorials to the meditation practices, the types of food we eat, the types of workout and mobility routines that we do with tutorials around how to do all the exercises. We have notes in there for the entire course so that you don't have to sit there and take notes throughout the whole one, although I really encourage you to do so because I think everybody learns differently. We have other types of guides in there about like my 
my top six success hacks that I've put together for um, how I built a globally top-ranked company. Nina's top three hacks around how she found true love and how our relationship came together. Um, you get a copy of my book, Consciousness in Tech, inside of it. And you also get an opportunity to purchase the book that Nina and I put together, Intuition to Innovation, right? Like all of this comes together um, in an amazing course that we've created that literally will help you raise your energetic state of awareness, help you emit a better vibration and frequency to create an outcome that you desire in the future. And we're releasing that. It's bydixonlifestylecourse.com. If you follow us on social media, we'll be posting all about it. And we have uh, the opportunity for you to basically learn the exact same lifestyle habits that we've created over the years, except you're not going to take 20 years to do it. You're going to be able to implement them immediately. So it's super valuable. I encourage everyone to check it out. You're a great salesperson. I just sold the hell out of that. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> For real though, I mean, it's, it's, it's something that's important to us, right? And that's why we're so passionate about delivering it to other people because it's made such a change in our life that if we can help other people experience the same thing, I mean, that's a win in our eyes. I feel as though there was nothing like this before, right? Like eight, nine years ago when I was trying to learn all this stuff, I had to go through a lot of just inner work books and and, and, and videos reading. and documentaries yeah. and articles you know the other thing I, I would recommend is you guys watch the it's a free it's a free movie on youtube now the secret by Rhonda byrne or brine um read that they explain the vibrational energy of tapping into wealth perfect health love whatever money power whatever it is they explain energy very clearly in that um movie and it's very easy to like learn from and watch if you're a beginner but then there's like actual tactical steps and tools that they don't even go into that I know most of them practice and I think that's what Brian and I got into with our course like this is what we started to eat this is what we started to do and we were naturally inclined to do these things it's not like we forced ourselves we didn't know what the fuck we were doing Mm -hmm. but it's just like you were naturally pulled and so you start to do them and then you say oh my gosh like this works um, and this helps. These are all tools that help you raise your vibration. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, that's all we have for you guys. I hope you enjoy it. But we have one quote we're going to leave you with today because Nina sent this to me earlier. And the quote is about beliefs constructing realities. And so the quote is, beliefs are electromagnetic sendouts of consciousness. They are the building blocks that you use to physicalize the geometrical structure of your existence. Your beliefs are the foundation which allow your personal field of experience to become a reality. Just as this is so in regards to the personality, this is also the case on the collective scale. The very beliefs that locate each player within their unique version of the game of reality synergize together to formulate an enterprise of collective consciousness. So we'll leave you with that. We're very grateful that you joined us today. Hopefully this helped explain a lot of the terms that we talk about throughout our podcasts and books and content that we put out. Um, we're also excited by DixonLifestyleCourse.com. Go check that out so you can figure out how we've implemented this into our life to raise our own vibrational state of conscious awareness and our own energetic frequencies. And we will see you next week. Have a great, great week. We look forward to talking to you again. Bye-bye.